0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the very first episode of the Soulfully Strategic Entrepreneurship Podcast. Yes, I know that that is a bit of a mouthful for a name, but I wanted it to be indicative of the type of content and really, honestly, just the view that you're going to see and hear on this podcast. So I'm so excited that you're here today. I'm excited to be recording this. This is the very first episode that is going to launch and i thought for a hot second you know i want it to be juicy i want it to be something that people are like holy cow like this is amazing and i thought oh i can get a guest speaker i can do a training that and i was like no this is the beginning of a relationship this is the beginning of a community you guys need to know who i am what i'm going to talk about how my brain works and just like some of the some of the real life ness of me so Hey y'all this is Chrissy Malinger and today you get to learn more about me <laughs> um that's what it is today's episode is going to very much be an introduction piece but I do want to say I am so excited for this podcast this is very much near and dear to my heart project. I will talk about this at length in a future episode. I'm so excited for this project and so excited for this podcast. So I will say this repeatedly throughout, but I want this to be a community. So if there is a topic that you want to hear about or a specific guest that you want to hear about, send me a note on Instagram, send me an email, connect with me on my website. All of that stuff will be in the show notes. Connect with me. This is not just me talking at you right like i want this to be a community also if you would let me know what you want to hear about that's the only way that i can really make sure that i'm sharing content that is valuable to you with that being said let's dig in who the hell is this random girl that you're listening to right now was born and raised in the northeast part of the united states moved around the country a little bit in my 20s and have just found myself back in the northeast of the United States. I love to travel. I love dogs. (laughs) I like dogs more than people for the most part. I am married to my best friend in the whole world and my favorite human being. And my happy place is the beach. So those are some fun facts about me. More on my story. Why am I actually putting a podcast together? Why am... I a a business coach. Why do I do what I do? How do I do what I do? How did I get here? What was the steps? So I'm going to start <laughs> going back in time and kind of jump around a little bit to give you a clear idea without boring you with all the details. I have known since I was eight years old that I wanted to work for myself. I don't know where the idea came from, but when I was eight, I decided that I was going to have, I was going to create, build, own, operate, run, any word that you could find for it, my own spa resort. And I say I don't know where this idea came from because nobody in my family went to spas. Nobody got their nails done. Like The only thing people did in my family was go to get their hair done. And by the hair done i mean get it dyed and get it permed like <laughs> that's that's all there is no fanciness in my family so where this idea to have a spa with mud baths an event space a restaurant a retail shop hair nails massages all this stuff i have no idea where it came from my guess is books and tv and other media but i even named it paradise spa and resort and for the next 20 years I really had this plan that I was going to create, open run, build this, this big, beautiful project to the point that I went to school for finance and economics, I have Bachelor of Science degrees in finance and economics because I thought, one, I love it. I, I love finance, I love economics. I'm a huge macroeconomics nerd. And that's also where the money is, right? Like I graduated high school in 2007. I graduated college in 2011, and finance is where the money was supposed to be. Hedge funds were where the money is, and if I could get a job making a lot of money, I could open my spa faster. I did not work for hedge funds. (laughs) I did not make a shit ton of money in my 20s. I worked for hedge fund administrators for a couple of years. Did really well in my career, got promoted very quickly, got promoted several times, won several awards, was very well known at my company, right? Did very well for myself. But I wasn't very happy. So I decided to go back to school to get my MBA. And this time, because I kind of had the background corporate knowledge, I was going to go into hospitality. Remember, I still wanted to open my spa spas are part of the hospitality world. So what better way to get experience than to start working for hotels, right? Because at this point, the Paradise Spa and Resort had turned very much into the resort. So I was going to have guest rooms and you could book events there and all this kind of thing. So went to the College of Charleston in South Carolina, got my MBA and started working for a large hotel chain it was amazing the company moved my husband and i to nashville tennessee we lived there for about three and a half years and then decided it was time to move back north but it was really multiple points throughout my life of the pressure of needing to be the best Right. This started in childhood, really escalated in high school, because I don't know about you, but I was definitely taught, not by my family, but by school, by media, that I needed to be a quote-unquote well-rounded student in order to get into college, in order to get scholarships. So I literally had a yellow legal pad in high school that at the top of it said, no pain, no gain. And that was my plan on getting into Harvard. Yeah, the Ivy League. It involved (laughs) being in band, which I loved. I absolutely loved band. I played clarinet, bass clarinet, drumline. I I freaking loved band. Have huge respect for other band nerds. It meant working a part-time job as many hours as I was legally allowed to as often as possible. Having packed high school curriculum, taking multiple sciences, multiple maths, a language from sixth grade to 12th grade, and really just doing everything I could on all cylinders. This pressure overall to do more and to be better, right? Even the idea of having a top 10 in college. So I don't know, obviously, where you went to school, but my high school the top 10 students of the graduating class, you your names were called individually and you got to stand up in front of the entire graduating crowd. So it was this huge pressure to be in the top 10, but there was this pressure to do, 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 and to be better and to have more advanced p- placement classes and to take as many AP or advanced placement exams as possible so that you can opt out of college and have the classes and da, 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 da right? So the pressure started young, like it does for most people. Kind of ramped its way up through my 20s to get back to Nashville. So let me lay the scene for you. I worked at the largest non-gaming hotel in the country at 25. I was the youngest by... About 20 years in my department, I was, remember, I'm from the North. I was loud. I was opinionated. I was cocksure of myself. I was damn good at what I did, but I hadn't quite <laughs> figured out yet how to communicate with other people. And my manager at the time was amazing. Also, cocksure of himself, damn good at what he did, and didn't really give a shit what other people thought. So he was Equal parts amazing to learn from because I, I gained confidence, I knew how to stand up for myself in corporate settings, and also <laughs> not the greatest person to learn from because he really had this attitude of, I don't give a shit. I'm going to do it my way. And he was the boss, right? So he could afford to have that attitude a little bit more than the rest of us. My husband and I moved to Tennessee, did not know a single person in the entire state, right? Very far from home, very far from the people that we had just spent a year with going through our MBA program that we came very close with. It was really lonely. It was really lonely. Luckily, we had amazing neighbors. We adopted dogs about a month after we got there made best friends with our neighbors who were also Pennsylvania girls. I'm from Pennsylvania. Um, And it was awesome. Like we did have a small community there. but But my husband also had a hard time finding a job, which put pressure on us from a financial standpoint. I was new at my job, which put pressure on me to be better and to go and to learn and to do and be the best, even though this is... Something that other than an internship in my grad school, I had never done before. But in my brain, I had to be the best. I had to be the best. I really got into some unha- unhealthy habits here of not really taking care of myself. I had not never worked out, didn't really take good care of myself in my life previously. But combined with the pressure to be better, The pressure of an industry that literally never closes, the hotel industry never closes, which means you're on call all the time. And this pressure that I put on myself to be better and to learn and to grow and to get promoted and to have all these external pieces of validation, it really started to wear on me. It took me probably a year to really start to build friendships and relationships and not feel like the new person who didn't fit in. I really, for someone who is so sure of themselves, I felt so uncomfortable in my own skin when I was in there, when I was in Tennessee, especially the first year. So fast forward a little bit, I finally talked to my doctor, got diagnosed with depression and anxiety, start to take medication for it, but continue to not do anything else. No therapy, no counseling. Worked out maybe once in a while. Like when a girlfriend wanted to go to the gym, I'd go to the gym with her. Ate whatever I wanted to. Right? It was in this time in Tennessee, so it was a couple of years. And things, I you know, things got better and things got worse. Life ebbs and flows. But there were definitely some really stressful points, some really low points, and. Finally, things came to a head and my husband and I decided that we needed to get out of Tennessee. It was no longer um, the place we wanted to be. Neither one of us felt like ourselves. You know, we needed to go back north. My husband ends up getting a job in Massachusetts. We come back north. We live in Rhode Island and I continue to work for the hotel company, but I work remotely. It was amazing. I got to be home with my dogs. I got to do my job, which I was great at. Um, got to work with different people. All these things, right? Again, we had never even been to Rhode Island before. I moved into the house we bought, never having seen it, except for one drive-by before we closed. Because I had to take care of the dogs in Pennsylvania while my husband was living in corporate housing. I literally never entered my house until the day we were closing on it which is insane to me that that's that was a level of trust in my husband that I really honestly wasn't sure if I had at the time nothing against him but purely because we spent two hundred thousand dollars on a house and I didn't walk inside of it I saw it through FaceTime videos and pictures but I didn't touch it and see it and feel it and smell it until the day we closed It was crazy. So we're in Rhode Island. We're both at new jobs. I work remote, which means I don't have to go into an office to meet people. My husband is in Massachusetts, is an hour away each day, has a long commute, has a long day, and it was really lonely. So we kind of (laughs) traded, we traded one not ideal situation for another different not ideal situation, and it really took its toll. So about a year after we moved to Rhode Island, um, I started to have some health issues. Right, I had massive brain fog. I was forgetting everything. I started making mistakes at work, and it didn't. It didn't really like connect that there was anything going on that I needed to do something about it until I was pulled over for going twice the speed limit. It was at that point that the police officer pulled me over for doing 65 miles per hour in a 30. He asked, you know, is everything okay? What's going on? And I was like, yeah, I just, I didn't realize how fast I was going. And the officer was extremely nice. And I went home that day and I called my husband and I told him what had happened. And I was like, I can't keep working. Something's wrong. I need to figure out what's going on. And we had talked before, he and I, about some of the problems that I was having with brain fog and memory and he would literally be talking to me and in the middle of the conversation I would turn and look at him and ask him what because I didn't realize that he was speaking to me, right? This is the level of the issues that I was having. So I texted my manager and I was like, hey, I I really need to talk to you. She immediately called me back and I will never forget this. She was on a plane waiting for them to like put on the turn off your cell phone sign. And she goes, I have about two minutes. What's going on? And I told her real quickly and she's like, okay, we'll put in a leave of absence. Um, Let me, you know, I got to turn off my phone. I'll call you back tomorrow. Turn off your computer. I'll take care of it. And I took a three-month leave of absence from work and it was terrifying and it was easily one of the hardest things I've ever done, but one of the absolute best things I've ever done. So for anyone out there who is contemplating taking a leave of absence or thinks that they need time to figure some shit out, do what you need to do because those three months that I took off were challenging and scary and hard and stressful but they set me on a trajectory that completely changed my life and I don't say that lightly about a couple of I think maybe a week or two weeks after I took the leave of absence because there was a lot of you have to do a lot of paperwork a lot of medical appointments things like that. I was scrolling through Facebook. My community has like a community Facebook page where they say like where, what different events are going on and things like that. And there is this free giveaway for a ticket to an expressive arts workshop. And I was like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. Like I wonder what that is. So I looked into it and I like entered my name and I ended up winning. So I looked into the place that was holding it, which is this therapy center in Rhode Island. And I was like, okay, this could be kind of cool. Like I, I like doodling and drawing and things like that. And as as the, so I said, okay, yeah, sign me up. Um, and as the event got closer, I started to freak out. I'm like, holy, I have a, I have a lot of baggage around therapy. Um, when I was about eight, nine years old, my sister and I went through a really ugly custody battle between my grandmother and my mother. And part of that included family counseling. And when I tell you that the three counselors we saw were fucking terrible, I mean they were fucking terrible. So I did not, and to this day, do not have a very high opinion of most therapists. I realize... (laughs) 30 years later, right, 25 years later, that they were bad examples of their profession. But it has really stuck with me. So I started to worry that I was going to this workshop that was going to ask me to talk about my feelings in front of other people that was run by a therapist. So I thought about not going. And my husband, God be good to him, goes, you got to go. Like the, the worst thing that happens is you walk out. Like you can just get up and leave. So I go. And I got there a few minutes early and I don't know what made me do this, but I went upstairs to the receptionist desk and I told the girl who was sitting there, I was like, I need to make an appointment. I need to see someone. And I did not plan on doing this. Like I just said, I did not have a high opinion of therapists, but I had looked at their website and they were very different. They had a very different approach to things. So the girl said, okay, I'll put down your information. Um, we'll do an intake call tomorrow, see like which therapist is going to work best. And I was like, okay, great. I forget exactly what the topic was, but I was so uncomfortable for the entire hour because they have, for anyone who doesn't know, and I'm actually going to do a, t- a lesson on this, but expressive arts is essentially using any form of art, whether it's drawing, dancing, moving your body, yelling, chanting, etc to express yourself. So we were given different prompts to kind of draw out and if we wanted to, we were given the option of sharing verbally some of what had come up. I did not share. <laughs> I did not share anything that night. And then the next day met with had in my intake and started therapy I think the following week. Like I said, I don't I don't lightly say that things have changed my life, but taking a leave of absence And attending that expressive art workshop are two of the most important things that I've ever done. Honest to God, two of the very most important things I have ever done in my life. Because if I hadn't taken a leave, I'm not sure what would have happened. If I hadn't taken that expressive arts workshop, I'm not sure if anything the next four years would have happened. Because it was through this workshop that I found my therapist that I started to dig into 30 years of tamping down emotions, of ignoring things, of pretending they weren't there, of just go, 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 don't look at the bad shit, close your eyes, keep your blinders on and keep moving forward, that really at the end of the day doesn't serve anybody. You can't tamp things down and expect them to go away. They will always find a way to come up. Your body cannot hold that type of emotion. Your body, your soul, your mind, your heart cannot hold on to all of that. Physically, emotionally, mentally, energetically, spiritually, it cannot hold on to all of that. Long story shortened, I spent three months digging into... 30 years of locking things down, I started taking classes on chakras and energy work and learning about crystals and reading up on a whole different kind of personal development. The personal development I had done before was like, how to public speak or how to have personal con- conversations or interpersonal skills or conflict resolution, whereas now I was learning ways on healing your inner child, how to reparent yourself. And what that even meant. That emotions are okay. And that it's okay to cry. And when you're angry, that's a defense mechanism a lot of times. And it's not a bad thing. And it's not a flaw. It's a defense mechanism. And then after three months, (laughs) I I went back to work because I needed the money and I didn't really know what the fuck to do with myself. But I continued on this path of removing the blinders, of removing the judgment of things being weird and being wrong right I grew up in a very narrow rigid view of what was acceptable and what was right and how you were going to progress and what made you a good person and what made you a successful person and when I took my leave and started to really dig into things I started to peel away all these blinders and peel away all these these bullshit ideas of what was right and what was wrong so I went back to work I stayed working at my job until 2020 when COVID hit and my entire 350 plus person apartment was furloughed for most of the year. I was furloughed the beginning of April and in August, well, earlier in the summer, we were offered a severance package that we could either continue on furlough, not knowing if we were gonna have jobs, or we could take a severance package and leave the company. I took the severance package. I paid off my student debt. About three days after my technical last day at the company, I registered my LLC. I did a lot of work during my furlough and during the three two years prior of figuring out what I wanted to do with my life because it it wasn't hotels anymore. I wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled. I didn't feel aligned. The lifestyle I wanted was not possible with the career that I had. So I realized throughout this and I'll explain on on different episodes some of the ways that I went about figuring out what I wanted to do that I really want to help other women. I really want other women to remember how fucking powerful they are. How incredibly strong, gifted, and wise they are inherently because we are who we are. I decided to be a coach. Coaching allows me to lift other women up. So I I got my life coaching certification um, and went into life coaching. And over the past nearly two years, I've been coaching. I've changed my niche a couple of times. I've pivoted. I've grown. I've evolved. I've changed. I've stepped more and more into who I am. I've stripped away more of the bullshit layers that are not me. And now I get to show up every day and serve other people. I get to show up to my clients and my community and tell them what's what. (laughs) One of the types of episodes that you'll be hearing from are literally soapbox episodes of me getting up and on my little soapbox telling you about an issue or something that I'm seeing in the online space, in the coaching world, in the female empowerment world, in the service world, that's wrong. That needs to be corrected. That needs to be addressed. Because it's not always, let me be super clear with you all, coaching is not just cheering your clients on. Coaching is also having the hard conversations, calling them out on their shit, (laughs) helping them see what it is that they're doing that's holding themselves back. Because empowerment cannot come through being a yes man, right? You cannot empower someone by just agreeing with them and cheering them on and telling them that they can do it and rah, 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 rah. That doesn't work. To truly empower someone, you have to help them see what they're doing well and also where they can use improvement, right? And it's always said with love. It's always said from a place of service, not judgment or anything like that. But that's empowerment. That's what I get to do. And I'm so fucking excited about it. <laughs> so I opened up my coaching business in August of 2020 and am completely different. When I tell you that I am a completely different human being than I was four years ago, I mean I am a completely different human being. I think back on some of the relationships that I've had and conversations that I've had with people. I used to be embarrassed about what I had done or who I had been or what I had said. And I used to feel really guilty and a lot of shame around it until I realized that's It's just life, right? It's just who I was at the time. Would I go back and say something differently? Probably. Are there people in my life that I would like to have a conversation with to clear the air and apologize for certain things? Absolutely. But I no longer carry the shame or the guilt or the embarrassment for being who I was at the time. And I always want there to be multiple nuggets of wisdom that you take away from episodes. And if there's one from this one, it, it's to not be ashamed of who you've been, regardless of what you've done, unless you've murdered somebody or things like that. Don't be ashamed of who you've been. We all have growing pains. We've all been assholes. We've all been terrible people at times. But it's what you're doing now. It's who you are today and who you continue to show up as that really matters, You can't change the past. We can't change the future. We can only be who we are right now. So the question to ask yourself is, do you like the person you are right now? Not for the first time in my life, because I've been here for quite a while now, but this is one of, I'll say this as in like the last few years, is one of the first times in my whole life that I can honestly, wholeheartedly tell you I like who I am. I'm not perfect. I I still make mistakes. I still screw things up. I still have times where I'm like, "Mm, Chris, that was not your finest moment. But I genuinely like who I am because I've done a lot of the work to strip away the defense mechanisms and the, (laughs) the bitchiness and the roughness and the fear because that's what all that stuff is really defensive being bitchy it's all based in fear so you can always and this again will be another topic for a different day but there we have two options right we have the choice to either live and operate in fear or live and operate in love many of us i will dare say half of us Live and operate out of fear. This fear of not being enough, of being rejected, of being less than, this idea that we're not worthy of, all these things that make us play really small. That shrink us down into this box of a of a farce of a person. Whereas if we can shift into operating and living out of love, then so much more gets to happen. So much more gets to be. I just, I'm really freaking happy with my life right now. I'm really happy with who I am right now. How I get to show up and serve the world and share with you guys my story and What's going on and, you know, different training things to help you grow a business and to help you grow yourself and to help you evolve and change and like the person that you are. Because at the end of the day, yes, this is a podcast about entrepreneurship and a full perspective of entrepreneurship, right? We're not sugarcoating shit we're not gonna say, oh, it only took us three months to get into a six-figure business and like we have a thousand clients and blah blah. No, I'm not about that shit. We're gonna <laughs> I'm gonna have real guests on here that show you what what has happened for them, what their journey truly was like. There will be training episodes to help you from the strategy perspective. We'll be covering mindset, embodiment. I'm going to have um guest experts in to talk about everything that you can think of hormone health eating well moving your body spirituality um akashic record reading tarot human design whatever you can think of right that helps us be better versions of ourselves they're coming on because i am a firm believer that we are not building businesses for the sake of building businesses. I love calling myself a CEO and a founder, right? That feels really cool, but that's not why I'm doing this. I'm not doing this to be able to say, oh, I have an LLC. Oh, I'm transitioning to an S-corp this year. No, I'm doing this because there's a lifestyle I want to have and there is an impact that I want to make on the world, which can only be done... If I break down the old rules and create something brand fucking new. So this is very much, (laughs) this is very much a calling card, a beacon, a light, a community that if you are tired of the patriarchy, if you are tired of the institutions and the rules and the procedures and the policies and the bullshit and the nonsense that does not work anymore, if you are ready to get real vulnerable and raw and build something brand new that actually works, this is the place for you because that's what I'm about. I'm about lighting the world up. I've had several Akashic record readings or tarot card readings or different spiritual experiences, quote unquote woo-woo experiences, and each one has confirmed that my mission here is to be a light. My mission on earth at this time, in this lifetime, is to be a light for the world. Is to show you how it gets to be. How it can be. And the biggest, most impactful way I can do that is by sharing with you my own self. My own way of doing that by showing you, literally showing you that it gets to be different. One way I do that is through coaching. One way I do that is through podcasting. One way I do that is by showing up as my own weird fucking self on social media and in life, right? So I'm going to end it here because I feel like I've covered all the relevant points And like I said, this podcast is going to be long-lasting, so I'm sure you'll learn much more about me as we go along. But really, I am so excited to be here with you. I appreciate the time that you took to listen to me talk about myself. Future episodes will absolutely be a little bit less self-centered and self-focused. But I think at the end of the day, you need to know about me and what I stand for and what I believe in, before you can really dig into some of the trainings and the other things that are coming. I appreciate you being here. I'm honored that you took this time and allowed me to be a part of your life. And I cannot wait to talk to you again in our next episode. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you loved what you heard. If you did, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review. This helps me make sure that the great bits keep coming your way. If we aren't already connected on social media, come join my community on Instagram at Mellinger, all one word, or visit my website at ChrissyMellinger.com. On my website, you can sign up for some fun freebies, trainings, and my email list. I can't wait to connect with you on socials, my email list where there's so many surprise goodies, and the next Soulfully Strategic Entrepreneurship podcast episode. In the meantime, go be your amazing self, sunshine. You've got this.